This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the Bama Online Podcast. This one, a signing day preview of the pod. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com alongside Site publisher Tim Watts, it is signing day eve, Tim. And we look at this Alabama class as it sits right now for the 2023 cycle. 24 commitments. That's down one from over the weekend when Raymond Polito, the big offensive lineman from California, changed his choice to the University of Arizona. But, man, looking at tomorrow and even Thursday, a lot still to be settled where this class is concerned. Yeah, I think when you look overall, I mean, especially considering there's kind of a panic in June um, from some of the fan base, I think you've got to love what they've done. But again, this is pretty much sort of the the uh, the saving way, the, the the methodical system of just walking and picking the guys you want or the, the positions and not saying he's cherry picking everybody, but focusing on those top guys. But it was kind of quiet, really, until June. And again, you see those June camps. And they get these kids in person and they get them on camp. You know, it's not just, you know, they see them, obviously, which is great, but they're around them because they're on unofficial visits and official visits. Um, Alabama's really getting, the, you know, their, their makeup and whether they feel they fit in and how they fit in and all that. So once that June window hit, I mean, it's been wide open ever since. I mean, obviously slowed down in the season, which it always does because the season's for – coaching football and playing football but you know we you, you saw this cycle it really is like the movie groundhog's day you know you wake up you know every you know every year the next year i can play the piano or whatever i've been able to this these cycles are very similar to each other year in and year out yeah and there's that faction as we know out there that's always looking for the chink in the armor right when it comes to the nick saban era at alabama the crimson tide out of the college football playoff, ah, maybe there's a little crack there. So then you look at recruiting and how that's going, no signs of a letup for Nick yeah. Saban in that regard. Yeah, I've never really understood the, the the rush to say a dynasty's over. You know, I've never understood it. I know it gets clicks because, you know, Alabama has a, you know, a tremendous fan base, a very passionate fan base. So when you say that, they, you know, they call to arms, you know, they you hear that bell ringing and, uh, the flare is shot up. They are coming on the run. But for the most part, I, I think that's just, you know, dramatic. And I guess to some degree, I mean, it's hard, you know, in this day and age to be a dynasty anymore anyways. I mean, it's going to be hard with the portal and, and everything else as far as dynasty goes. You know, when I think dynasty, I think what Bama did, you know, during their run with the national championships. I think, you know, the think about, you know, UCLA, Underwood, and the Celtics back in the day. There's been dynasties before the Patriots. But I think it's harder and harder to become that dynasty because kids are in and out so quick and there's so many moving parts with the NIL. But Alabama, I mean, Alabama's going to be – I mean, if your worst year ever is to have the number one class in the country and lose to two top ten teams by four points on the last play, then you're living pretty damn good, right? 
You know, I've seen. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. I've seen some teams' bad years. I'm watching them now. I'm checking the message boards, and Alabama did not. It does not seem to be on the decline. No, and you know, we're going to talk about some potential elite additions to this commitment list of 24 as it sits right now. A list that includes three five stars and Caleb Downs, Keon Keeley, and Justice Haynes. And also, when you take into account some of these guys already on campus taking part in bowl practice, Tim, and um, a couple of junior college players. You know, we don't always see Alabama go the junior college route, but, uh, you know, with what they've been able to pick up in Justin Jefferson at the linebacker position and, and also uh, Malik. Uh, the wide receiver, Benson, yeah, five-star wide receiver from Hutch. Uh, they, they look like they've knocked it out of the park with those two guys, too. Yeah, I think that, you, you know, junior college, that's sort of what I said about the portal. When you look at junior college, when you're at that higher level, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, the ones I always mention at that level, I think it's okay to go portal or JUCO, but they got to be guys to come in. You're not bringing these guys in to, to red shirt a year. they got to be guys you want to come in or expect them to come in do the right things, be able to play at that level, have that work ethic, because they're really on a shorter, you know, schedule. They've already, you know, they've already got time under their belt. They're on a shorter schedule, but both of them being mid-years has always been important to Alabama. Both of these guys look like impact guys. They fly, you know, Jefferson flies to the ball. Very, very encouraging, aggressive uh, thumper at the linebacker position. And then Benson's just, you know, he's, He's fast. You know, these guys, you know, we keep saying this the last two cycles, but their wide receiver core is fast. They're really fast. I mean, these guys can run, um, uh, you know, after, you know, they can run. They can, they're, they're quick. And they go, this guy's certainly, you know, I've watched this championship game with a lot of people, and that's, uh, he didn't have the best quarterback situation. Couldn't and, get the ball out in front of him. I mean, that's how fast Benson yeah. was. Benson was getting deep, wasn't he? And it was the yeah. ball just couldn't get out there. Yeah, it's hard to run with this guy. I mean, he's fast. So he didn't have the best quarterback situation, but it certainly looks like a guy who can come in and impact. And, of course, it's going to come down to the small things of, uh, you know, can he block, can he learn the offense and all that stuff, which it comes down to everybody. But being a mid-year is huge, especially for a junior college. And also getting some bowl practices because of what the portal does to your depth these days. I mean – you're not thinking about some of these guys. Now, the junior college guys, as you outlined, sure, you're thinking Benson and Jefferson, uh, with Benson being an all-around guy on the outside. And as you said, Justin Jefferson can just run sideline to sideline, and he finishes with a real emphasis. Um, yeah, of course, those guys, you're, you're thinking more immediately. But just with the other guys, even if it is five or six practices, right, the acclimation of college football because more and more, you're going to be counting on first-year guys where depth is concerned with all of, or not all of, but a lot of your depth leaving via the transfer portal. Yeah, I mean, you see, you've seen that. You know, the, to me, the portal, I've talked about this before, the portal wasn't really what I expected. It was more what I expected it to be than what I was told it was going to be. You know, I was told it was going to be all these starters going in the portal and demanding more money, and I'm sure that happened in some cases. But for the most part, it was guys looking for playing time. You know, it was guys that were looking to, to for a new start or fresh starts, kind of what the portal's for, um, for the most part. Just guys that want to, you know, get out and change the pace and all that kind of stuff. So, but I think most of these schools are going to have to, you know, plug and play. You don't want to be, I mean, if you're a first year coach, 
if you're Hugh Freeze and Lincoln Riley did it last year, the portal's really the way to go because you're not getting three years to build a power program from the ground up. I think Deion Sanders will have to do it at Colorado because their, their talent level is very low. So the portal's going to come in handy there, but I don't think you're going to be real comfortable living in the portal year in and year out. I think you have to spot check, find your spots, you know, pick, pick, the, pick the guys you want. And they also have to fit in and, you know, there's so many things, so many intangibles to come with. Because if I'm a portal guy, you basically got to guarantee. If, if I've got offers and you know options, you basically got to guarantee me I'm a starter, right? I mean, you got to tell me you're a starter. You're yeah, a starter. you're not. You're not liking the sales pitch. We'll come battle for the second time. Right, 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 right. Right already, tackle job. Already yeah. bought that. You already bought that used car, right? <laughs> you know, so you're gonna. You're gonna be. So all that stuff factors in, though. But again, Alabama putting together a really good class. They still have portal options out there, guys. There's gonna be a lot of attention to Alabama with guys that hit the portal. So. This class, you know, there's a lot of excitement for tomorrow to me. A lot yeah. of excitement. A lot of guys that, um, you know, you know, obviously the the Montgomery duo, Jane Smith and Quay Russo. Those guys, I'm telling you, they are one of the rare people, one of the rare recruits who lit, told us exactly what they were going to do and did exactly to the word of it. Tomorrow they will have completed their cycle. Literally said this is what we're going to do and did it. So you know, good for them. Um, and obviously two massive, massive recruits that everybody's watching right now. Yeah, and right now on the roundtable, right there at BamaOnline.com, Hank South, recruiting analyst for us, has an outstanding update that gives you all of the times for signing day and Thursday where Alabama-affiliated prospects are going to make their decisions known. And we'll run down that list, but I wanted to also ask you, about an an aspect of all this that probably gets overlooked just every year, and that's maintaining the guys you already have committed, right? And we talk so much about additions, but for this Alabama class with 24 guys committed, um, I got to think that's been more than a full-time job for the Alabama staff. Yeah, I mean, that's what goes into it. I mean, you know, you hear, you know, I think there's always a panic when you see, a, you know, Caleb Downs took a visit to Ohio State and Georgia and, um, Keon Keeley, he had decommitted and, and, and Alabama fans had already put him in the class and he took some visits. Justice Haynes took some visits. So you had these guys going to other places, but it's to be expected. You know, it's, you know, when you see anybody who says, Hey, they're going to go hard after him, you can guarantee most of these guys are going to, you know, Polito is a classic example. He was one of the lowest ranked guys in the class and had several offers. So you're going to have all these guys being recruited by other schools. So there's no way to, um, you know, just say, hey, you're committed. That's it. Don't worry about, you know, don't worry about him. We got him. We don't have to worry about that. No, you got to make those same calls you had to get them. You had to do the same things. And, you know, that's I think that's something that the kids will watch for in another college will prey on is if you aren't doing what you did before, I think a college will say, well, how come you're not hearing from them anymore? So you definitely have to go through the through the through the process of keeping everybody and Alabama's got some you know some major talent committed so yeah that 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 is much work keeping what you got because let's be honest if they don't get another commitment this is an excellent class it's not a complete class but it's a great class this is a really good class exactly how it is so that you definitely want to keep those guys in place and then add to it which you know they have a lot of guys tomorrow where they can jump in there and, and land some of them yeah, let's get into that list that Hank has up for us right now at BamaOnline.com, and it's going to start with a potential bang 
at 845 Central in Des Moines, Iowa, as five-star offensive tackle Caden Proctor, a longtime commitment to the Iowa Hawkeyes, raised some eyebrows in the last week or so, Tim, when he made the trip to Tuscaloosa to check out the Crimson Tide one more time. It seems as if Alabama has been trending in a positive direction. I know you have been on top of this recruitment uh, from start from the start. And what are you sensing right now as as we head into the mid morning hours of Tuesday? Yeah, Caden Proctor, you know, number one offensive tackle in the country, five star, top ten type player, five or ten type player. Uh, when you look at him, a guy that you would like to think can come in and compete right away for that starting tackle position. Um, and that opening, but he's a guy that committed to Iowa early in the process. Been pretty interesting because he took his official visits, and he really had a short list when you think about it for a guy so you know so high profile. He took visits to Alabama, he took a visit to Iowa, and we knew right away it was going to come down to basically heart versus head. And I just mean that like stay home and play with your friends and the people you're most familiar with or go where you think probably, you know, you have a better chance of, of doing some other things, whether it be winning a national championship or being seen on TV more or whatever. And that's not a slight towards Iowa, but a lot of kids, you know, out of state kids, Alabama recruits has this kind of situation there. So Iowa went out, um, got his commitment early on. Now the thing that was interesting is we reported Alabama was very much in it the whole way. Like it was, you know, it was, it was back and forth even on his first commitment. So we were at people telling us there's people around him that was okay with him leaving home. So, you know, committed. I was struggled this year offensively. I don't know how much of a part that played into it. Um, but I think that Freddie Roach did a great job of keeping that door open. And, you know, again, you know, this goes back to you have to you have to lock down your commitments because people are coming for him. And I know Iowa tried, but Freddie Roach kept that door open and Proctor never shut it. So that was a big step. And Eric Wolford obviously, you know, comes in big. He's a big guy, uh, big guy with these offensive linemen. He's hands on as well. So both of them did a terrific job. And Nick Saban, Nick Saban selling the programs always, uh, you know, as uh, uh, one coach told me, the big guy really knows what he's doing at home. He told me that year. <laughs> so if they feel they're in a 50-50 battle, if they feel they're in a battle and they feel they get Nick Saban in the house, I think that's uh, – they believe that's a that's a pretty good sign and gives them a shot. So, Caden, yeah, committed tomorrow. Um, I like Alabama's chances. We've reported on that since he came for the weekend. You know, he's he's he was on the verge. We knew about it for a couple weeks in advance. But, you know, we knew Iowa was going in home on Thursday night. And they were going to try to shut it down as they as they should. And uh, when we found out he was coming Friday, we reported he was in town. The visit went great. You saw him on social media. He looked very much at home with Ty Simpson and Booker. I think a lot of people saw that. And then you saw a lot of the Alabama recruits were contacting him, tweeting him, and all that kind of stuff. So he's def he's he's a guy I think Bama's definitely trending for in the right spot right now. Oregon's still trying. Iowa's out, so the home home team is out, so he's leaving the state. Wow. Tony Mitchell, we talk about retention of commitments. He is an Alabama commitment, but I guess there's been some buzz about the potential for Tony to look elsewhere or land elsewhere, the outstanding defensive back for Thompson. He's set to go at 930 Central on Wednesday morning. What's your sense there with uh, with Tony? You know, I said this early on, and I'm in Alabaster, but I said I'm not really going to be in the business 
of predicting what Tony Mitchell will do because he's he's very unpredictable. And uh, you know, Tony, Tony, you know, Tony's the classic. Tony is what he is. You know, he's a guy that loved the process. He took a ton of visits. I mean, he took a lot of visits. He's at Alabama, Auburn, Texas A and M. He's at Texas A and M this past weekend. Um, he's taken a lot, a lot of visits. So committed to Alabama. The thing with Tony is. Tony says all the right things to Alabama. He tells Alabama all the right things. But at the same time, Texas A&M has shown a lot of confidence and Auburn has shown a lot of confidence. So that tells us what? Tony's telling everybody what they want to hear, which is a good, easy way to go through life. You just keep flattering people. <laughs> you look great. Right <laughs> you know what I mean? That'll get you a long way. So, But Tony definitely has got to make a decision tomorrow. There's no more. There's no more I love everybody. I mean, he has said multiple times in the last couple of weeks that he's 100% locked into Alabama. Me, you know, as I said before, nothing with Tony is going to surprise me. There's nothing. If he goes to Texas A&M, if he goes to Alabama or Auburn, nothing really is going to surprise me. I mean, he's told Alabama the right things, that he's that he's committed and he's staying committed. And we've talked to the people around him. But, you know, tomorrow we'll find out at 930, you know. And at the end of the day, this is these kids' journey. I never judge them on how they handle it. Um, so Tony probably – I think Tony knows where he's going and has known for some time. So tomorrow we'll find out. Tight end continues to be a position of emphasis as Alabama looks to close this 2023 class. And there's an Arkansas commitment that has continued to remain on the Crimson Tide's radar in Luke Haas, the four-star He's set to go at 11 a.m. Central on Wednesday. Flippability right now, in your opinion, of Luke Hawes from the Hogs to the Crimson Tide, Tim? Yeah, you know, that's a tough situation. That's an interesting situation because committed to Arkansas for a while. For a while um, has a twin brother who's also a recruit. Both were going to Arkansas. And then the Arkansas tight end coach left to take the South Carolina offensive coordinator job. I think they lost another tight end to a decommitment as well. Um, so that's kind of wide open. But there is some, you know, family stuff in play there. Alabama's did a really good job there. Joe Cox uh, has worked that one really hard. I know they're thinking heavy about Alabama. Um, they're looking hard at Alabama. But they, uh, you know, they got the, the little brother has to factor in and they're twins. And, they, you know, I think partly they want to play together, but but they're not really the same level of athletes. So it comes down to – you know, um, he's the little brother, the, not the, the smaller brother, is more of a Tulsa-type player, I was told, um, and has offers from several schools like that where he can play. But Arkansas was the one that was taking them both, and they felt he could play at the both, and both could play at. So kind of a confusing family situation. You know, when you get that, that family involved, it, uh, it, it could go any different way. You know, it could go a number of different ways. But I do know they're sitting down and talking about it. And right now, they, as far as I know, they haven't made a decision. I know Alabama definitely had them thinking, though. So let's talk about James Smith and Quay Rasal, the dynamic five-star duo from Carver High School in Montgomery, a program that has been good to Alabama in the past, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Are both these guys a slam dunk to go to the same school, Tim, or can you envision a scenario where they get split up? You know, they – I cannot. And I was told last night they are going to play together. So I think that, you know, they've always said they wanted to play together. Now, a lot of these package deals, as you and I know, don't they don't really always come to fruition. 
Um, but at the same time, Justice Haynes and Caleb Downs wanted to play together. They're, you know, they're both committed to Alabama. I think we see scenarios where people want to play, and if the right opportunity pops up, I think that makes it easier. Obviously, if one's going to California, one's looking to Syracuse, makes it a little bit harder when it gets into those weird scenarios. But when that perfect school or schools lines up and they can narrow it down, and you've seen they did everything together. I mean, they have been like – they did everything together until this weekend. This past weekend, James went to Auburn for a three or four hour visit, and uh, uh, Quay did not go. Quay, I was told Quay's just over the process. Not that he had made a college decision or was up, you know, didn't want to go to any schools. It had nothing to do with Auburn or anybody else. I think he just was over visits, just over the recruiting pitch. You got to remember, these guys have been hearing it for 365 days minimum. At this stage, all these top guys, I'm not just talking about Quay, not just talking about James. They've been hearing this for 365 days, nightly phone calls, you know, and they just spent a, was it three weeks of in-home visits basically every day. So, um, yeah, so I can see Quay wanting to be over, but I think they play together. And, you know, the common denominator kind of got whittled down to me. It got whittled down to Bama and Auburn, I think. I don't know if they've cut their list to two, but they seem to be the two you you hear about the most. But I like Alabama's chances with both. You know, I think that they uh, have done a really good job of establishing relationships with with these guys. I think they've been very hands-on. And you've seen a full-court press with Alabama coaches. Uh, Nick Saban obviously has been involved, and I've told that they really like um, uh, Nick Saban. Uh, and, 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 you know, I think he relate, they relate to him as the GOAT. You know, when that happens, um, I think that's a good sign. You know, you heard uh, um, Caleb Downs saying he wanted to be coached by Nick Saban and learn from Nick Saban. So I think that has factored in there as well. Plus, you've had Freddie Rhodes very involved. You've had Charles Kelly super involved. Obviously, he's the area coach. You've got Coleman Hustler's been involved. Pete Golding. Um, all these guys you've heard about going to visit and in-home and staying and keeping up relationships. So it's been a full-court press on both of these guys for Alabama. And at the same time, Auburn is close to home, but they don't really know – Anybody on that staff other than Zach Etheridge, who was retained. Now, Zach was their primary, so they know him, but they don't really have that same relationship with the defensive line coach, um, uh, linebacker coach. They don't have that same relationship that they do with the defensive coordinator that they do at Alabama. So I give Alabama an edge there as far as familiarity. And, you know, recruiting is relationships. You know, it's, 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 it's almost like the dating process. You really have to get to know, get to trust someone. And uh, I think Alabama's did a good job there. And, they were, and of course, their top priorities, you know, as players, we've discussed them. You know, we've discussed them a number of times. I don't know who's better. They're both just – they're both at the top. To me, they're both at the top of the game of their positions. I mean, I haven't really seen a defensive tackle better than James Smith. He's very active. I mean, he's very – you know, you know, see him line – you know, see him running back and defensive end and all over the place. And then Quay, I think Quay's just that guy. You know, I think he comes from that – Old school Minka. You know, I always use Minka as the blue collar talented guy as my example. I think he's got some Minka in him as far as, hey, I'm coming in three years, getting my degree, handle my business, going pro, winning the championship. I think Quay's got that mentality. So obviously two huge, you know, big ones. I think Auburn feels they are out right now. They feel they're trailing. I shouldn't say Auburn feels they're out. That's not correct. I think Auburn feels they're trailing at this stage. 
So we're down to the last 24 hours. So I feel like Memphis did a good job up to this point. Yeah, Smith and Rasal are set to go at 1 p.m. Central on Wednesday on ESPNU. So you'll want to set your set your daily planner by that by that announcement, that duo dual announcement there on Wednesday. Damari Brown, we talk about places that have been good to Alabama in the past. The four-star defensive back from American Heritage down in Fort Lauderdale. What do you think about Alabama defensive backs of late? Patrick Sertan, the second, certainly comes to mind. Earl Little Jr. here more recently. Uh, Damari Brown, 215 Central on Wednesday. I also understand, based on your updating and from some other folks that help us there at BamaOnline.com and 247sports.com. I guess some family ties in play with the University of Miami, perhaps, too, though, that could come into all this? Yeah, uh, their brother, he has a brother that was in Central Florida that hit the portal. He transferred. Now, we were told last week that they were going in different directions, that Miami was not going to take the brother and that he was going to end up somewhere else. There's a lot of talk about FSU. Well, Miami, I think, felt they fell behind in that one, ended up taking the brother so that's in play that he can play with his brother in, uh, you know, in South Florida. That, so that's going to factor in. I think that's probably going to factor in a decent amount. I was told last night Alabama's still very much in it, but that's kind of changed the game a little bit. So maybe this is just a reset, figure out, you know, you know, because I think they went from a mindset of play together. They weren't playing together. Let's play together. We're not playing together. So now that option's again. So they're going to have to look at it. You know, and the, you know, at the end of the day, I don't know how important that's going to be in the final decision. But definitely, it's a you know, it's a feather in Miami's hat. You know, it's definitely a a factor in. Damari, I felt up until that point was leaning to Alabama. I had other sources that felt he was leaning to Alabama. Alabama was in good shape. So that changes things a little bit. It's told last night is probably a. You know, it's pretty close to a 50-50. And I do believe, you know, I don't believe 50-50 is very common. But I do believe when there's something new added to the recruitment that it could make it, uh, you know, more more of a 50-50, you know, split situation. And I think his brother going to Miami has definitely put Miami in a better position. Now. So for me, it's too tough to call at this stage. We haven't heard much in terms of official visits where the transfer portal is concerned, but C.J. Dupre is certainly one of those guys. The Maryland tight end visited Alabama a couple of weekends ago. He is set to make his decision known on Wednesday. What's the feel you get for the tight end from Mike Loxley's team previously up there in College Park? Yeah, you know, he's kind of fell to the back burner on our, us, us digging deep so simply because, you know, his situation, he was going, you know, he's transferred from Maryland, tied in, really good looking prospect, big kid, strong, can run. He was going to play in the bowl game, we were told. So he was going to take, hit, hit the portal, was going to stay in the bowl, play in the bowl game for Maryland, take a couple of visits, Alabama, and he took a visit to Ohio State last week. Well, when he got back from Alabama, I think that, uh, he was no longer allowed, was no longer asked to play on the team. I think, um, um, I think his locker was cleaned out, so to speak. Probably not, probably actually literally cleaned out, but I think he's told to move on and they were moving on in a different direction. So he was going to play in the game and make a decision. So he's upped it a little bit. He's coming off a visit to Ohio State. I was told that was kind of a childhood infatuation situation. He liked Ohio State growing up. They never offered. He ended up in Maryland. So, um, 
Alabama and Ohio State appear to be his top two unless he takes this past the uh, the the mid year when he is supposed to enroll. So I feel like Alabama's definitely a lot of words to say. I feel like Alabama's in good shape right there, but I still need to do a little bit more research because we've kind of been focused on these guys making decision here in the next you know you know the next twenty four forty eight hours at the start of the week. So uh, dig a little deeper, but I think Alabama did a good job there. Joe Cox has been recruiting him and uh, got him on campus. So I think Alabama's did a good job there, but we need to dig in a little bit more. Carrying over into Thursday, you got a couple of announcements. Jordan Hall, a four-star defensive lineman from Westside High School in Jacksonville, Florida. He'll go early in the afternoon on Thursday. And then Desmond Ricks, the five-star corner from IMG Academy, set to go later in the day on Thursday, Tim. Yeah, Jordan's going to be an interesting guy. Big, big, big uh, defensive lineman. I like him a lot physically. I mean, you can look at his picture and tell he's grown. You know, he looks like a grown man. My buddy Rusty Manziel says grown-ass man. But um, I think Georgia, you know, there's a lot of Georgia fire. The guy is weird because everybody admits this guy's different. You know, he's kind of, you know, he's kind of different. You know, almost, you know, when they describe him, you almost get a Najee vibe. You know, he's just a little bit different, they keep saying. So basically could do anything. But there's a lot of Georgia smoke there. I know Georgia's made him a priority. But at the same time, you know, he, he struts around in Alabama gear all the time. He's told, you know, Alabama was his dream school. Alabama was, a, you know, the school, he, you know, he dreamed of playing for. His in-home with Alabama, Nick Saban, was fantastic. And again, based on the intel I got from the in-home with Saban, he sounded like he was going to Alabama. But at the same time, you have to remember, he does, you know, he marched, you know, marches to his own beat at this stage, uh, or, or marches to his own beat. And uh, it's hard to predict anything at this stage based on, you know, his actions because he's apparently a good guy, likes everybody, has a good time. He took an official visit, but sounds like Georgia right now, they got the last official visit in January. Alabama got the first one in October. Um, I think Alabama's in it. And again, you know, nothing really going to surprise me here. I don't have a great feel for him, but most people I talk to that I respect do think that he is a uh, he's leaning to Georgia. And what about Ricks? Because uh, corner, certainly a, a position of immense value. And it's a guy who reclassified, right, to the class of 2023? Uh, yeah, he jumped right up there. You know, he uh, he went, uh, I think he had him, you know, he's a five-star in his own class. And then he moved up and they did a shuffle. And, and um, yeah, he moved up and saw his stock. I tell you what, it's a smart move, especially business-wise. Because this was not, we've said it before, this was not a good year for cornerbacks, for for cover corners, for boundary guys. This was not a good year. I mean, you had uh, Malik Muhammad, who's committed to Texas. You had Kermani McLean, who was committed to Miami. And they were kind of like the, you know, they were like the, 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 the you know, the bells of the ball. They were the biggest names and the best players in their class. And after that, there's a fall off right out of the gate. So moving up is a smart move. And even then, if you're looking at Kermani and you're looking at, you know, Muhammad, they're really good players. But if you look in the past at the number one cornerback in the nation, you're looking at a Pat Sertan. You're looking at a Derek Stingley. When you look at those guys, they're not at that level. So really low year, low, low, you know, low substance year, not many quality 
quarterbacks at that high power five level. Although there's a lot of depth, but it's just not the guys. It's not a lot of star power you're used to seeing. So smart move to move up. I mean, the guy's been, you know, Ricks himself, he's taken official visits to Alabama. Um, in fact, back to back to back with Florida, Alabama, and LSU. And I've talked to a lot of people about this this week, and everybody has a little bit of confidence. <laughs> so maybe it's just, you know, he, again, he's coming off a visit. He just ended a visit two days ago, Sunday with LSU. So maybe he's got to sit home and let it settle in. Um, I think NIL is going to come into play with a, with a kid that's talented and the best remaining quarterback on the board. So you're going to have some schools battling for him. Florida needs a win. They need to win on the recruiting trail. I was watching a mass Florida Gator fan blow up last night. Um, LSU's done a good job. They have a top five class, and Alabama's in there too. Um, they did a really good job. You know, T. Rob's been recruiting him. Robert Gillespie's been recruiting him. So they did a good job of really pushing and staying involved there. And right now, you know, to me, it's too early. We still have an extra day with this one. I don't have a prediction just yet. Um, maybe I have a better feel tomorrow or, or, or the next, you know, sometime later today. But right now, I think it's pretty close between all three. And last night, I probably talked to seven or eight people involved in this, and everyone seemed to have a different, even a different combination, even a wow. different combination. I was getting Alabama and Florida, Alabama and LSU, LSU and Florida. All three of them led. I was getting it's it's almost. I don't think it's contrived, but I just think it's that confusing. But it almost seemed like it was somebody throwing us off the scent. So still ways to go in that one. So there you go. A rundown of the scheduled commitments for prospects who have Alabama among their finalists, both on Wednesday and into Thursday. And we're going to have it covered for you right there at BamaOnline.com. You need to hang out with us at the roundtable, the premium message board there at BamaOnline.com. And, uh, Santa Tim. Santa Tim is coming to town with all these commitments and these signees, Santa Tim. Let's go. Yeah. Santa Tim is coming to town. Yeah, I'll stop right there. He's been practicing this all week. Yeah, Tim's feeling a little creeped out at this point. Hey, uh, Tim, as always, though, man, really appreciate it. Incredible insight, as always. Uh, unparalleled, unrivaled uh, analysis and input from Tim Watts. Site publisher for us right there at BamaOnline.com. And, hey, we may have some breaking pods coming up here in the next 24 to 48 hours, I guess. Yeah, you guys stay tuned tomorrow. It's going to be a fun day tomorrow, I think, regardless, because this class is going to have some tremendous talent signed. Like I said, whether they get anybody else or not, they're going to have tremendous talent that are going to sign tomorrow. And, I'm, you know, the one thing I like to do, after this signing period is done, I like to go back, and I would suggest this to all the fans, I like to go back and re-watch, because there's a lot of senior film that's came out you probably haven't paid attention to. Holiday seasons are here, Thanksgiving rolling in, Christmas is rolling in now, bowl games, all that stuff. You're worried about the toy, you know, the presents you haven't opened. But if you go back and look at some of the film of these guys, I think you're going to be impressed. I think you're going to appreciate a lot of these guys more. And it's one of my favorite things to do. Once that signing period's over, I like to go back Watch the senior film because a lot of times during the year you're getting cut-ups one game at a time, two games at a time, uh, one game at a time every week or something. But then their kids put together their highlight tapes, and it's there's a lot of talent there to watch. I've gone down that rabbit hole myself here in the last couple of days, man. And Malik Benson and Justin Jefferson, as we talked about earlier, yeah, 
You can see it with those guys and guys like Bray Hubbard, the athlete from Mississippi. Go watch that guy. Absolutely. At the quarterback position. I mean, he is dynamic as a runner. And then you can, see, uh, you can see what they like with his style. Oh, yeah. And the thing about the staff is they got to see him cover uh, in camp. They got to see him cover. Right. In camp, so it's not like they're just going off his quarterback film like a like the old school days with Freddie Millens where you're kind of, <laughs> they're getting a, a good hard look at these guys. Absolutely. And we're going to have them all covered for you there at BamaOnline.com. Tim, thanks again, my man. You got it. Merry Christmas to Tim Watts and the rest of you out there. We yep. certainly appreciate you joining us here on the podcast and at BamaOnline.com. And if you haven't already, we hope you'll subscribe to the Bama Online Podcast. Simple as a click or two. And if you leave us a rating and a review while you're there, we would greatly appreciate that as well. For Tim, Travis, happy holidays, everyone. Until next time, so long, everybody. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.